0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to my new show, Ben Fellas, the show where we talk about how movies uh, affect our lives. And with Ben Fellas, I'm going to be bringing on a new guest every week for the show. And with me today is my friend Jalal Ahmad. Jalal, welcome on. Hey Ben, super happy
1: to be here. I love your other podcast, Ben and Brand. There's your plug. I love Ben <laughs> in the movies. I, I do a little bit of editing there, as you know. Yes, you're my and editor there. <laughs> I'm super stoked to be your first guest on Ben Fellas.
0: Yes, I'm really excited to have you. You were uh, one of my earliest listeners for the podcast, so to have you on here. Uh, also, you've been on my other podcast, so it's great to have you on this show. And today we're just we're just going to talk about a film that I know has resonance for both you and my life. For me, it's very different because I know you saw this film more recently than I have. Oh, literally a week ago. (laughs) Yeah, so I have a little bit more nostalgia for some of it, but what we're going to be talking about today is, Jalal, tell them the movie we're talking about. We're going to be talking about the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. Yes, this is the first time we're uh, doing a trilogy, and how this show works is I let my guests choose the movies that they want to talk about and we're just gonna have an open and honest discussion about these movies. It's not gonna be a full-on review though, although I'm sure we will touch on elements of film criticism, but it's just a discussion about these films. Or in this case these films, most of the time it will probably be one film. But anyway, uh let's just get into it. Jalal, as someone who has just seen the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy, just give me some of your initial thoughts. Well I think that Those
1: movies are so fun, and how dated they are Mm -hmm. really adds to the cheesy B-movie vibe that I think Sam Raimi's kind of going for. Yes. But it's still so, so fun to actually just watch. I think they're, with the exception of one of them, which I think we can all kind of agree which one that is, third one, great... They're
0: they're just a great time. Yeah. They are pretty interesting films because when I, I was born in 1998 so this is the first superhero film that i clearly remember seeing like i didn't see it in theaters but i remember i was in my old house in carmichael and i remember seeing this i think i was three and i had the action figures i had the spider-man and green goblin action figures from the time and i was a huge spider-man fan i was a big superhero fan from a as like the get-go like I don't remember not playing with superhero toys in my life. So Spider-Man was obviously one of those classical characters for me, and I remember seeing this film when I think I was—I well, was, would probably have been four, would be my guess. And it scared the first one sp- specifically is what I'm talking about. It scared the living crap out of me. Oh, the first one. Sam Raimi directed the Evil Dead movies. Correct? He did.
1: Yeah, I mean that definitely bleeds into this. With like, I think there were three or four jump scares,
0: and. Yeah. Just how genuinely brutal a lot of the violence can be. It's really interesting how shocking the violence is in this film because you don't see it in superhero genre uh, that is isn't R. Mm Because these are PG-13 films where superhero films are still largely being targeted towards children. So to see Spider-Man bleeding to death in a few scenes, like near-death experiences with him, it's really interesting to see how they take that character and really just put him through the rings. Oh yeah. And then
1: the final th- minute of the fight between um, Green Goblin and Spider-Man where Norman Osborn just gets impaled yeah. and you see everything. I was like, wow, that, I did not expect that whatsoever. And then the violence gets significantly toned down for the next two movies.
0: Yeah. And as someone who I know is, you're not the hugest comic book superhero fan not saying you don't like the movies uh or you don't even have some appreciation for them but you're just not you don't go out of your way usually to see yeah. a bunch of them i don't have much nostalgia
1: for mm-hmm. um for superheroes and stuff actually spider-man was one of the first superheroes i actually have a memory of yeah um when i was ba- like three or four years old i just remember seeing the old spider-man cartoon not the like the one from the 90s not the yeah, yeah, yeah. one from the 60s But, just on TV, and I had, like, a Spider-Man action figure, and, I don't know, Spider-Man has always just kind of been, been there. And I remember when, um, the 2002 movie came out, I just remember seeing Spider-Man kind of everywhere.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Spider-Man, I don't think people realize, uh, who weren't alive at that time, how big of a deal Spider-Man was in our childhood. He was the superhero. Batman, at that point, had kind of gone away just due to the Batman and Robin Uh, fiasco of 1998 or 97, one of those two years. And X-Men had come out and they're starting to do well, but X-Men's still not as quite well known and there's no lead character. You could argue Wolverine, but he certainly just doesn't have the same uh, weight behind him that Spider-Man does. So when Spider-Man comes out, Spider-Man is the biggest property uh, superhero, probably really to be released since 1989's Batman. Like, that's what it felt like. And even being young when it came out again i i would have been about four when that film came out you still knew it was coming out like i saw the trailers i remember the trailers i remember playing with the games i had these uh approximately i would say 18 inch action figures of spider-man and green goblin and green goblin had the uh glider and i remember getting them for valentine's day because my family would always get me gifts for valentine's day i remember just playing and loving them and it's interesting because right now we're talking largely about spider-man the first one But for us, and again, I know this is different for you because you grew up watching them, or you watched them later than I did, where I I grew up. Yeah. Yeah, I grew up watching them. So next one comes out in 2004, which is Spider-Man 2. Next one comes out in 2007. So that is literally my childhood. Like, that comes out with my elementary school years. Like, I think 2007 would have meant I was in fourth grade. And I have memories of seeing all those films for the first time. And it's... Interesting, cause I haven't revisited them as much as I have other superhero films. There are scenes that I like of them, and there's stuff that I haven't, that to me hasn't grown as well. But Jalal, I just am curious from your perspective: is it too cheesy? Cause that's where <laughs> I always my struggle with the film is. You know,
1: yes, it is very cheesy, but I kind of like when things aren't taken too seriously. So, I guess that was a lot of my enjoyment of the film. Actually, what really got me into Spider-Man, as blasphemous as this is, was Spider-Verse. That movie is incredible. It's his
0: best Spider-Man movie to date. Absolutely.
1: And, yeah, I actually got to see that one in the theater, and I was blown away by everything. And it just got me wanting to get more into Spider-Man and what Spider-Man represents. Like I ended up, um, when I got a PS4, I ended up playing the PS4 game and loving it. And, uh, yeah, I decided to check out some of the other Spider-Man properties, mainly these movies and mm. some other things here and
0: there. But, I'm yeah. glad you brought up the Spider-Man video games because, specifically, you're talking about the 2018 mm-hmm. made by Insomniac. Is Insomniac, that yeah. In. Uh, which, I love that game. It's one of my favorite video games that's ever been made. I just think it's a perfect action-adventure video game that just captures the spirit of Spider-Man perfectly. and It's, it's a really, perfect Spider-Man story. Yeah. And I think it's actually a really good continuation of the Raimi trilogy, even though they're not directly tied. It just does feel like that character grown up even more. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of those ideas and characters that we see. Again, it's not a direct continuation, but there are themes of it that feel very similar to the Raimi thing. But for me, Spider-Man, when I'm a kid, the memory I have of it is Spider-Man 2 the video game, which is that initial... Like the first first way
1: you uh, swing through New York,
0: yeah. I remember playing it on my PC that my dad's friend downloaded it for me on my PC, and I remember the first time like swinging through New York, web climbing, uh, doing the chase, chasing the balloons, fighting criminals. Uh, Fighting the rhino is a fight that I still remember, just pissing me off as a like a six year old. Like it's interesting how much nostalgia is built into this property. That honestly, I don't hold to the highest like standards. Like honestly, it's not my there. None of them are my favorite Spider-Man films. None of them are close to my favorite Spider-Man films. Tobey Maguire is far and away uh, my least favorite Spider-Man to be cast. And out of just all the actors, I think all the ones that aren't villains are largely just miscast in the film. But for whatever reason, I still have that nostalgia and enjoyment for watching those these movies.
1: I think the cheesiness. Um... Again, I don't have really any memory of watching these as a kid. I remember definitely having seen scenes from it Mm. for whatever reason. But as an adult who appreciates bad movies Mm. and cheesiness, I really loved this rendition of Spider-Man. Because, let's be honest, getting bitten by a radioactive spider and waking up, being able to shoot goo out of your wrists. I understand that's not really how he's portrayed literally
0: anything, but yeah. <laughs> that, it's weird. It is. <laughs> it should be treated as such. And it's treated as weird specifically for the era because at that time, comic book films aren't being treated to the fullest, like, utmost respect. The Dark Knight hadn't come out, so they're not Oscar-winning films at that time. You don't have Oscar-winning actors signing on, although some of the actors that do sign on do end up getting nominated. Uh, or maybe Dafoe had been nominated before, but again, you're just not getting the same prestige uh, involved with the Spider-Man films. But what I do like about these films, that I think all three of them, the third one a little bit of an exception, but not f- fully, is I think they get the villains really right. I think Willem Dafoe is my favorite portrayal of Green Goblin that will probably ever exist. I think he's just such a great villain in that film. I think he's so scary and intimidating, even if oh, the outfit even he's if he's the menacing. outfit's stupid. The outfit is like it's a Power Rangers it's outfit. A Power That's Ranger's probably outfit. why I liked it. <laughs> yeah, it is the dumbest thing. You're covering the scariest thing about Willem Dafoe is his look, and they cover him up. Like he looks stupider with. He would have looked way more intimidating maskless and just painted green. Oh, absolutely. 100%. But he's a great actor in it and he just carries that first movie. To me, he is what elevates that movie to great... In, I'll just say it, Spider-Man, the first one, is my favorite of the Raimi trilogies. I know that's, for a lot of people, Spider-Man 2 is where they tend to go. I've never You're had that me. quite... Yeah, I know you've... The second one's for you. I've never quite had that love for the second one, even though there are scenes from it that I love. Second one, though, you have Alfred Molina as uh, Doc Ock, who... He was another very nuanced, uh, likable, charming, and scary performance as a villain, as Doc Ock. It is very believable. The third one's where it's getting a little weird. You have uh, the guy from That 70s Show. Yeah, you got Topher Grace. Topher Grace as Venom. And then you have, I'm blanking on his name, but the guy who plays Sandman, who is the better element of that film, I would say, over Topher Grace. And then you have James Franco as the second Green Goblin yeah, iteration, which scary. doesn't fully work. I yeah
1: I kind of have to agree there. I think um, Spider Man three trying to balance those three villains didn't really work. I feel like Sandman was largely the cause of it feeling too heavy in the villain center. Like I know they try to tie it together, but for me, I preferred it when it was way more focused on uh, Green Goblin or Doc Ock. Yeah, the, the film could really be built around Spider Man's interactions with them. Like, having Sandman be the guy that kills uh, Uncle Ben, which I don't know if that's, like, a normal thing or...
0: I've never read that in the comic books. Yeah, I'm so aware of.
1: I felt it was very shoehorned in. That final, uh, you know, Uncle Ben trying to talk the guy down and getting shot anyway was, like, it's a good scene, but it felt unnecessary. It felt very forced, because I feel like one of the points of Spider-Man is that, you know, anyone... Can take up the mask,
0: right? It yeah, that's the, that's the theme of Spider Verse. Yeah, it, that anybody, it's the hero inside you is what makes it. It's not the yeah, costume. It's not the costume. It's which, not the powers. Which, which is also interesting. That's a theme with all Spider Man movies. We see that in Spider Man Homecoming, where uh, Tony Stark tells Spider Man, like, yeah. uh, this. If the costume
1: th- is uh, where you're getting your strength, you shouldn't have yeah. it in the first place. But without this
0: yeah. costume, I'm nothing. Or and then he's like, if you're nothing without the costume. Uh, You don't deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the theme of Spider Man. And sometimes in that third movie, it does feel like.
1: It feels like everything was kind of shoehorned to being. It has to be Peter Parker's story. Yeah.
0: Which is. It does have to be Peter Parker's story. But the way. It feels like it's too much of coincidences for everything. Like, it feels like Destiny that he is Spider Man. Yeah.
1: Instead of him just. With great power, which he has, comes great responsibility, which I think is a much better lesson and a better you know, better portrayal of Spider-Man.
0: Yeah, and when I was talking about the Spider-Man 2018 video game, this idea that you just talked about, with great power comes great responsibility, a line written in Amazing Fantasy 15 by Stan Lee uh, when he originally published Spider-Man in the 1960s, that's the line that ends that comic book, and that's been the soul of Spider-Man since... And what I like about why I see the Raimi trilogy and that Spider-Man 2018 video game so connected is because none of the other two Spider-Man actors, Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield, have really had that moment to have that with great powers comes uh, great responsibility. Andrew Garfield has that line, but it just doesn't have the same weight because of what those movies are. And... In Holland's version, he's already Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, we don't see that origin. They make a joking reference to that one later in the movie, which I thought was clever and funny. I like that they did that with the Holland version, but you still don't get that scene. You just know that the responsibility's on him. This is the only film that we actually see truly the impact that the death of Uncle Ben would have on uh, Peter Parker's life. And what I like about it, the reason I'm tying this into the Spider-Man, and this is a tangent, but I'm just going to go for it, is in Spider Man 2018, that game, and spoiler alerts, I'll wait a few seconds. That game ends with Aunt May's death. And Tragic. what I love about that scene is he has to make the exact opposite decision that he made with uh, Uncle Ben, where Uncle Ben, he has to, he could have saved Uncle Ben and stopped that robber, but he doesn't. And in this case, he could have saved his Aunt May, but it would have meant the death of countless others. And I never he has thought to, of it like that. Yeah. That's an interesting point. And wow. he, has to, he has to sacrifice. He has to make that sacrifice. And that is the true hero's journey. Spider-Man is at its best when he... Ha- it's sad to say, but Spider-Man is at his best when he has to make the worst decisions.
1: That like, is true. Um, I know we... Uh, I'm going to go back to what you said about uh, Andrew Garfield having that moment. I, per- I personally... Blasphemous, again, have not seen the Amazing Spider-Man movies, mostly because I've kind of heard they're not great and I not fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's like. what, that is the big complaint about the Andrew Garfield series there. I think he's a really good Spider-Man, but is Peter Parker's too cool? Yeah, he's and too cool. He doesn't have the, like, Peter is supposed to, it's like a
1: good thing that the Spider-Powers were given to this lame nerd yeah because
0: because it's relatable it's incredibly relatable where andrew garfield it seems like yeah this guy would be the popular guy in school he would be that guy of course it's spider-man yeah like like, of course he's a hero with toby Maguire, he doesn't fit that typical superhero mode he doesn't fit that action hero mode you don't see
1: if you put him next to any of the marvel guys you have an automatic like a deduction yeah (laughs) and i mean like look at uh
0: even look at the idea of like uh the, the people who had been cast in superhero films before. You have Christopher Reeve who plays Superman who looks like the embodiment of Superman. Yeah, he looks you like have, Superman. He's you modeled. have Michael Keaton who's a weird actor for Batman but the end up looking the part. Uh, Val Kilmer for Batman. George Clooney for Batman. Then you have Hugh Jackman for Wolverine. Halle Berry for Storm. And then you just get Toby Maguire yeah. who is, looks... He looks like the everyman. Yeah, he is that every guy. And... I do have criticisms of Tobey Maguire. He he plays it way too dark in these movies, in my opinion. And that's probably a little bit of the direction. But he's too whiny for me in these films. <laughs> which I know you like because it's funny, Steve. Yeah, I think of...
1: I don't know. I feel... I kind of agree with you that he is pretty whiny. And... But I don't know. As far as him being too dark, I feel like if there was a quote-unquote perfect Spider-Man, he would focus all of his attention on making sure this kind of tragedy that happened to him would never happen again. Mm -hmm. But in the first movie, as well as the first Amazing Spider-Man movie, a lot of his drive is revenge Mm -hmm. for Uncle Ben, which, thankfully, he doesn't choose. The guy ends up dying anyway, though. (laughs) Which is a little bit too perfect, if you ask me.
0: Yeah. Like I said, I think that first one works... Largely because of the supporting cast. because one of my other issues with it is, and I, Kristen, Kirsten, or Kirsten Dunst, Kirsten Dunst, I think she is actually a very talented actress in other things. I think she's just poorly miscast in this movie. She's a bad Mary Jane. She's there's just nothing lovable about her. Like the only reason you cast her in this role is because she does look like the drawing from the 1960s. She does look like that fitting image of a Mary yeah. Jane. It's, I don't know, I
1: could never, I could never buy them as friends, or even, yeah, a couple, or, same with, um, James Franco, <laughs> I yeah. didn't think, I would Franco be, like, why is James Franco hanging out with Toby Maguire? <laughs> That's, yeah. they don't have, Peter and MJ especially don't really have much chemistry, it was, there's some nice scenes between them for sure, but, I don't know, I, I couldn't really buy it, and Mary Jane is kind of the worst in these
0: movies they all the main characters are kind of the worst yeah. in a lot of senses like james Franco, who again is a very talented actor who let's also be honest has had some fallback these past few years due to some of his personal life but he is a very talented actor young in his career and it's not that he's bad acting in this movie it's just that his character doesn't have that impact because, again, what you said, they just don't have this relationship that feels real. They don't have the chemistry. Yeah, there's no... They don't feel like friends. And the Harry Osborn and Peter Parker, like, they're supposed to be best friends. Yeah. Like, and they don't have that feeling. Like, you wouldn't actually expect these two people to really care about each other. Like, at best, they seem like acquaintances at work.
1: Yeah, honestly. And, I don't know, every time they tried to have to talk about how good of friends they are, I kind of just rolled my eyes. Yeah. (laughs) It it was... was not... It wasn't great. Yeah. I, what are the What are some like friend characters in superhero movies that you can think of that are have lots of really good chemistry? I think of um, Tom Holland and, and Ned. Ned. I think that's. They, they look like they could be best friends.
0: They were some of the ones I was thinking. I think that whole Avengers cast has a close bond that seems to be friendship. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Guardians certainly of the they have one. that uh, element of that. Uh, those are some of the big ones uh you know who actually has it and i guess it's a little bit more romantic and it's in spider-verse and it's Haley steinfeld and uh the guy who plays miles, miles morales they have a very natural chemistry that yeah. you could believe not only that they're friends but that they could possibly end up together yeah absolutely no see it's not like spider-man
1: is lonely he's a lonely guy in yeah. kind of all portrayals because he can't be completely open with everyone and whoever he does ends up getting hurt. So he's supposed to be like that,
0: but that doesn't mean you can't write him friends. Yeah. One of my biggest issues with it is in these movies, and again, I'm kind of bashing them. I don't want to fully bash them because I do actually have some fond fond memories of them, and I do actually think for the most part they are decent to good films. One of my issues with it, though, is Spider-Man, the character of Peter Parker and Spider-Man are played very much the same, where to me those characters should be completely two different characters they should really? feel like they have a di- there's a dichotomy between those two characters
1: that is a big question that is pretty much raised in the second movie that's yes the whole theme is is peter parker spider-man or is he peter parker yeah that's the whole thing that he's struggling with which i actually think was handled pretty well
0: i agree that's I, one of the better elements in spider-man true for sure
1: like that's what i really liked about spider-man was two was that it showed peter at his absolute lowest And him having to climb out of that rut.
0: Yeah. And there's moments... Raimi is a really interesting director because he does come from this horror background. Mm -hmm. Like, largely horror sci-fi background. So this was really his first action film... uh, action film slash superhero film. Really his last one. He's now uh, actually involved with the new Doctor Strange movie, The Multiverse. So he is coming back to the superhero genre. What I do find interesting that what he does in this movie is, one, the amount of horror elements that he puts into these movies and two, he does actually take the time to make sure uh to pay homage to the comic books like for instance that scene in spider-man 2 where you see his suit thrown in the trash can and he walks away as it rains that's a complete uh that's an image from the spider-man comics like it's directly pulled and i always find it cool when you're able to incorporate elements like that from comics that i've read Oh, and yeah. put them in there on the screen, because that's a comic book comes to life to me. And Raimi does that largely well. Yeah. No, it
1: definitely has a comic booky vibe more than something like uh, Homecoming. Yeah, totally. Homecoming, I think, is the superior movie. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah, kind totally. Kind of by all, all stretches. And I think Holland's the superior actor. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like this movie is such a product of its time, and I love... You know me, I love the 90s and early 2000s vibe. Like, I, that is the stuff I get down with, mm. and that's what this is. Can
0: you... Random trivia question for you. Can you name who sung the theme song in the first Spider-Man movie? I think it plays in the end credits. Nickelback. Yeah. Oh, my... Nickelback was on the soundtrack for, I want to say it's Spider-Man 1. Oh, my goodness. I can't course. think of the song, but... Just, of course. I didn't watch the credits, I'm not going to lie. That's what well, the credits did. I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> it's it's interesting because a lot of these early 2000s have these early 2000s bands attached with them. Good old Daredevil. Yeah, Daredevil with uh, Evanescence, Evanescence. And now Nickelback with Spider-Man, which is largely... Uh, will always be associated with it.
1: Why did you do that? I, I kind lived in blissful ignorance. We'll have to
0: listen to it after the, we're off air. Down. But one of the things that I do quite enjoy about this movie is that Spider-Man is a hero in these movies in the sense that he never gives up on people and he ends up redeeming the villains. Like... Oh, yeah. Especially like that's a big with, thing to me. Especially with Doc Ock. With Doc Ock and I think even with Green Goblin he has that little bit of redemption moment. Not fully redemption but we know that Green Goblin is kind of being not possessed but he's not of his right mind. Mm-hmm. And to see Peter... Kind of forgive him and say that he will protect his son and protect his legacy. He's protecting yeah. Norman Osborne's legacy, even though he was seconds away from death in that fight with Norman Osborne. He still has a love for this character because, in large part, Norman Osborne, in some ways, is a father figure to him because he oh, lost absolutely. his father.
1: Yeah, I know. Norman Osborne is definitely, if Uncle Ben is Peter's first father, Norman is probably his second
0: yeah and so to lose that character in the first film establishes the stakes of this franchise while also establishing that this idea of with great power comes great responsibility the fact that he can acknowledge that this person is a flawed individual and that's another th- element that i do love about these movies they are flawed individuals oh absolutely i think peter actually has
1: more <laughs> chemistry with
0: norman than he does with harry in these movies i totally agree i <laughs> 1000% agree and what's what I really like about the flawedness is as much as I was just trashing on the relationship or the chemistry of Toby Maguire and uh, Kirsten Dunst, yeah. they do actually have a relationship that feels real, at least in its writing. Like they are a couple that is struggling with life after high school, with what it means to be together, the risk that comes with it, love... Uh, Boyfriends, girlfriends, all of these things of just growing up, growing apart. That's a very adult uh, conversation to have in a film. And that's what Spider-Man always does best. Spider-Man in, is a character that is able to take the complexity of life because he has to deal with it. And you go for Oh, seat.
1: yeah. One thing I really found interesting about those movies is that it kind of shows you how much it would suck to actually be a superhero. Yeah. Because...
0: You can't have a normal relationship. You can't have
1: a normal relationship. Peter and the girl of his dreams. I'm wishing it was a better MJ, yeah. but whatever. Um, they could have been together and he would have had an incredibly happy life, but because of this weight of the world is on him, he can never have that. He can't have his friends. He struggles in his school, even though he's a genius. Yeah. Because there's just too much too happening much to him. To happen. Yeah. You can't handle that. Every other. Most other superhero movies that I've seen are all about. Or at least it makes you feel like, oh my god, I want to be a superhero. And, you know, I still do. I definitely do. Yeah. I would choose that over teacher assistant any day. Yeah, the <laughs>
0: web-swinging element is always so cool. It's but so cool. But there's just that element of
1: reality that's forced into your face with these movies.
0: They show the consequences of what he does for, not a living, but what he does with his life. And the fact that if he's choosing this... He can't fully choose MJ. And he does eventually get the point where he can balance that. But it is showing the complexity of balancing life. And what I was talking about with Spider-Man just being always a perfect metaphor for life lessons is one of the most famous uh, uh, Spider-Man runs is this run from 101 to 127, which is the death Death of Gwen Stacy. Good call. Good pull. (laughs) I'm really proud there. And in that uh, run, you have the death of her father, You have the death of Gwen Stacy. And you have Harry following uh, victim to the opioid addiction. Because, you know, this is, I think, the late 60s, early 70s when the opioids on the rise. So they're able to talk about these heavily complex, heavy adult things, but not talk down to children. But just show, like, the struggles. Because we can't relate to swinging from webs or having these amazing feats of strength. Or being this, basically having the ability to fly and all that, but we can relate to struggling to make choices in our lives, our own professional lives, and balancing that with our personal lives. We can relate to heartbreak. We can relate to wanting to be in a relationship with somebody but not feeling like we are superior. Not superior enough, that, that we aren't... The timing is bad. The timing is bad, or that we're insecure about ourselves. That's a big thing that we see with Toby Maguire. He is an insecure person, that when he puts on the suit that's where he kind of feels at home at times. And that's the balance of spider man shoot, where he has to figure out...
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. There are so many scenes in this movie, which I think is actually... They're good scenes where Peter is struggling with something and he literally just puts on the suit, goes outside, and starts swinging. Yeah, because... Like, this is my escape.
0: For us, that's a run, maybe.
1: Yeah, because he's like, I may suck at all of these other things, but I know I'm a good Spider-Man. I know I can save people.
0: Yeah, and it's... There's something so beautiful about that message that, like, I think movies are at its best and this is a quote from martin scorsese the great filmmaker is movies are at their best when they're at their most personal and that's when they touch audiences is when they're personal and we can look at the superhero genre is of course over the top over the world really yeah Just it's like, it's fantasy but we can still take those themes and ideas and relate to that like we can feel the heartbreak that toby mcguire because we've all had that first crush that just doesn't go that way or we've all had like seeing our ex with somebody else yeah like, I've we've all had those feelings of just guilt regret How, regret the grass remember
1: just the grass is always going to be greener on the other side yeah i think it's up to everyone to just pick up what they can and move life forward by themselves well not by themselves but in the way that they can provided the uh choices they've made in the past
0: yeah and what's really... We're going to talk about Spider-Man 3 real quick, so let's just get into it. Cause I was literally like... about to say, we haven't touched on the fun one yet. So Spider-Man 3, actually, it is a largely poorly made film. I think we could all probably Without agree a doubt. <laughs> on that. There are interesting things that that film touch- touches on. Feeling out of out of place. Feeling uh, out of your comfort zones. Struggling with the relationships that have now been there for years. Kind of a midlife crisis in scenes. Uh, Relationships getting... All these ideas that when Peter Parker gets bitten by the symbiote, that's him going through, like, he breaks up with Mary Jane, the relationship. He now becomes a jerk. Uh, It's largely a story about anxiety and depression in that third film. And... I would say more about the second film, personally, but... I would agree that the second one, to me, the third one, just because of... Maybe not maybe not anxiety and depression. I but say the
1: third film is much more about You ever gotten a swelled head? Wanna see you true, want to see it you two is people pride.
0: Do it at one time? True, it is pride is the big yeah. theme of that one. For me, I guess where I relate to that third film is those feelings of just anger. Like that uncontrollable anger when at least for me that's when I'm feeling anxious or depressed, when I just when I lash out at people, when I hurt the people that I don't want to hurt. You dress in all black and go walking down the street. (laughs) Just like, see, but you know know what I mean, those scenes like that where it's just like, he lashes out to Mary Jane in a very terrible way. Oh, yeah. And we've all had those moments, like, those regrets that we have in our lives where we just hurt the people that we supposedly love the most. Yeah. And I think Spider-Man 3, while it is a very flawed film, it does... It does try something, and it does try to show another element of life, and it's that element of growing older, growing apart, and still learning who you are, and it does show that like, even as you get older, life doesn't become easier. It's just you have to learn how to deal with everything. Yeah, you have new challenges. I think we're getting a little
1: too poignant right now. We are. We're going really so deep on the like to, I would like to change the topic a little bit. Yeah,
0: so are you going to bring up the dance scene? Sure,
1: I can bring up the dancing. Bring up the
0: dancing, because I know you had to talk about this. Here's your rant. I'll I'll sit back and enjoy this rant.
1: I have seen Peter dancing down the street and in the club in so many different pieces of media. Memes, online reviews, just clips on YouTube. And I always thought it was supposed to be kind of an ironic joke aimed at Peter. Because... There's no way you can make Toby Maguire look cool by making him do that. It's hard enough to make him look cool by him being Spider Man. But when I saw the movie, <laughs> <laughs> I was so shocked that that wasn't the case. He's supposed to be cool in those scenes. People yes. are around him. I mean, when he's walking down the street and kind of being a jerk to girls, like they're kind of scoffing and walking past him. But when he's in the club, and he's doing the—he's grinding on women. He's grinding on Gwen Stacy in front of MJ, and he's being Spider-Man in front of all of these people. How has no one put this together? Because he's been doing all of does, this stuff since high school. <laughs> sorry,
0: real quick. Does he beat MJ in this movie? Doesn't he? He sweat? hits her in the face. Yeah.
1: Jeez. Yeah. yeah, it was rough. It's it's a it was a rough one to watch, but um, when he's in that club and he's dancing around, people are around him like encouraging him, like they think it's the coolest thing in the world. Like he's. The coolest guy they've ever seen, Tobey Maguire, is the coolest, is the coolest guy, guy they've ever seen.
0: Like they're f- in New York, <laughs> they're in New York in the early 2000s. Like you don't get cool. Like I, there's you can airs, throw a rock and hit 50 guys
1: cooler than Tobey Maguire, <laughs> and like James Franco's in this movie. Yeah. I just couldn't believe that they they were just. Oh my god! I was peeking. Yeah, but I there. just couldn't <laughs> believe that it was played so straight, and I was so confused.
0: At times, I almost feel like it's a fantasy in those scenes. Like, at least in my head, like it's almost like that's how Tobey Maguire is perceiving mm-hmm. himself, or how Peter Parker is perceiving himself. I would, but like they show that it's not. <laughs> yeah, they showed that it's not because when he's strutting
1: down the and str- down the street in the. Superfly black suit,
0: which is a nice looking suit. In fairness, yeah, he
1: looks pretty good in it. Honestly, he I feel pulls like it off. other he pulls the pull emo off. off better.
0: He pulls off the emo look terribly,
1: oh but like God. shockingly good. terribly when he when he shakes his hair in front of the mirror and puts it into like the the emo hairstyle. I was laughing so hard. Can I tell it you my amazing. favorite
0: line in any Spider-Man film? It's when the You're landlord serious? no the landlord in the third film uh, is like. Oh, I'm still waiting for that check. And he's like, you'll get your damn rent when you fix this damn door. <laughs> Great comedic I line. liked of the landlord's like,
1: he is a good boy. He will,
0: he's probably got
1: something going on. I will yeah. find him later. Yes.
0: <laughs> but but we're, it's just played so straight. It is I, played I so straight. Deal. And it's so weird. And ultimately, these three films are weird. It's just the varying degrees of weird and how they fit in their weirdness. Oh, they're sense. so, they're insane like, movies. The first like, two just feel more hammy, hammy, but mm. in a better way. The third one just feels like it's too much. And at times it also just goes too dark. Like, oh, I, out of the three of them. Those are the ones that are just like, it just goes too much too often.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, again, I, st- I still hold that a Spider-Man two. I know you don't really share this opinion we were just talking about it but i think spider-man 2 is kind of a near perfect superhero movie most people agree with you in terms of yeah i know that i'm in the majority with that in terms of at least like writing and action it's always exciting even when they're swinging through the city and it looks so fake like it's so it's so plastic it still gives you that sense of speed that you really want out of it and the first movie had so much weight behind each punch. I was Mm. surprised at how much heft was behind all of Peter's punches in that movie. The third movie doesn't really have that kind of action, which really, in my opinion, dragged it down.
0: And I think that, at least with the weight while you're uh, web-slinging and just going around New York, a lot of that's due to, I want to say, the composer is Alan Silvestri's score, Mm. who actually does a really good job in these films. Like, they are really nice... uh, musical composures throughout the three installments with uh um, three actually have some really underrated music though I'm kind of think that might be goldman not sylvester and i might be even wrong on sylvester but it doesn't matter whoever does it they did a great job and the one thing that i kind of want to close off with which is interesting is these films 2002 is the first one which means these films are almost the first one is almost 20 years old i know which is crazy what i find really fascinating is how much they necessarily haven't held up, but how relevant they are in pop culture today. Like, maybe it's largely because of the memes, but, like, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man is just an iconic character. Like, probably more people would still consider Tobey Maguire their Spider-Man than even Tom Holland's Spider-Man.
1: Well, yeah, it's also because, like, you're right, Tom Holland's movie came out, what, five years ago?
0: 2000. His first appearance was in 2016 with Civil War.
1: Yeah, so yeah we don't have that same kind of thing and even when we were even nowadays we look back at Tobey Maguire in high school he just looks like an older guy yeah. than Tom Holland who is our age and is perpetually 16 yeah <laughs> i
0: agree and like i said it is just cool that these films that that's still a part of pop culture that like these films from my childhood are still relevant they're just not these forgotten relics of the past and to kind of wrap this up You see the influences of modern day superhero films in these trilogies, in this trilogy. Without this trilogy, even with Spider-Man 3 existing, without this trilogy existing, I don't think you get superhero films that are as good as they are. And with the incredible esteem of actors you have in them, without the Raimi Raimi trilogy being this successful and garnering this much praise and Relevance. I think,
1: um, I know you were talking about the movies being a bit too dark at times, but I think a lot of that, what you were talking about, how um, a lot of movies nowadays, or superhero movies nowadays, draw from that, is the fact that they really beat Peter Parker down in these yeah. movies. They make you so sure that, yeah, I don't think I want to beat this guy in particular. For sure. Because, I don't know, I feel like a lot of superhero movies and TV shows prior to this were, a lot of it was... Like, even the old Spider Man T V show, the um Peter's kinda sorry life was more of a joke than anything, not really like dived into. You don't really see how sad it would be to be Peter Parker. But yeah. this movie is just like what makes a great hero is them being able to stand up despite their circumstances.
0: And to sacrifice. And to sacrifice, exactly. Right. That is a big theme of these films. And Jalal, I want to thank you for coming on this show. My pleasure. But before you leave, I want to give you a chance to plug. But before even that, I do have one thing. And I want to always end the show on a fun segment. And I'm still working out exactly how I want to do this. But I did have something for you, uh, Jalal. I called you Josh there for a second. Oopsie. I'll
1: take that as a compliment. You yeah, love Josh.
0: Yeah, I do love Josh. With Tobey Maguire, have you heard the memes Bully Maguire?
1: No, I have so not So Bully
0: Maguire is just the Toby Maguire character from the third film. It's just the emo face. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I get it. if Bully Maguire came up to your girl, what do you do? It's his girl now.
1: It's his girl. It's his girl. I'm he's, not he's, I'm not standing up to Spider you, to Emo Spider Man.
0: You're right, you're right. It's I can't.
1: it's she he wins. He wins if it's, if Toby it's Maguire wants my girlfriend, it's his girlfriend. now. Yeah. <laughs> Bully
0: Maguire is this world is his to conquer.
1: Oh, absolutely. If Spider-Man wanted to conquer the world, we know he could.
0: Not Spider-Man. Bully, Bully McGuire. If Bully, Bully McGuire Spider-Man wanted to conquer the world,
1: it's his world. <laughs> Alright, Ben,
0: what do you do in that situation? You know, it would be kind of cool to be punched in the face by Bully McGuire. I don't know, man.
1: Bully McGuire, I feel like, wouldn't have the same restraint as Tobey Maguire. Yeah, you're right. I feel like he would stop at just a
0: knockout. I probably, yeah, he'd kill me. He might, like, also then, like, just post my body on. God, holy crap, Bully McGuire would just be. On social media? Would be a nightmare. Bully McGuire would just be Jake Paul today. (laughs) 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 That's the equivalence. Oh my goodness. To be honest, Ben, uh, if you
1: if Bully Maguire does take you out, do I inherit all your podcast stuff?
0: Yeah, it's going to be Jalal and uh, Bran Jalal see and Bran movie. see a movie. <laughs> Doesn't have quite the same ring, but I'm going It down. could work. Well, Jalal, <laughs> is there any social media you want to plug before you head out? Yeah, follow at Ben to the movies. <laughs> thank you. Well, apparently he wants to say private, which is fair. Guys, thank you for being here for the introduction of... Then, fellas we'll be back with you next week with another special guest and for this first month there will be an episode every week and then starting in July will probably be every other week but just for this first month I really just wanted to get it kicked off and going and get people familiar with the tone so thank you all for listening hope you have a great day and see you later